the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, he is continuing in the book of John. And for those of you who have been with us for a number of months, that's no surprise. We're in the 17th chapter of John where we find the high priestly prayer from Jesus. And he talks a lot about unity. Now, as Jesus saw it and prayed for it, it was to be this unity that convinced the world of the truth of Christianity and the truth of who he was. But it's much more natural for people to, and relationships to fall apart than to come together. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday edition of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. And if you can grab your Bible, turn to the book of John, chapter 17. Let's pick it up now at verse 21. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you loved me. Now, I've combined these three verses because there are some structural similarities between verses 21 and and 23. Uh, Both of the theme is the concern for unity, and both of the verses have four parts to them. In verse 21, they are as follows. Father, you are in me. I am in you. May they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And then in verse 23, it's I in them, you in me, that they may be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me. So it's, it's very similar, and the purpose of this is to add emphasis and solemnity. Now, Jesus' prayer was for the church to be one in unity as he and his Father are one. It was not a prayer for organizational unity or administrative uh, unity, but that of a unity of personal relationship as modeled by the relationship between Father and Son. And so what Jesus was praying for is a unity between believers that was the result of their love for him. And although this unity is not institutional or organizational, it's obviously intended to be observable so that the world might look on this this unity and believe that the Father has sent the Son. So the display of mutual love between disciples shows that they really are his disciples and their love for one another shows that they really do follow his teachings and possess his life and that gives further evidence that he was who he claimed to be and that his teachings and 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 glory are vindicated by that it's really really important uh, for us to be in unity ephesians chapter 4 Uh, lists some things that bring us together in unity, things that we share in common. It reads, I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, 
eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Ephesians chapter 4. So verse 1 challenges believers to walk, that is to conduct their daily life in a manner that's worthy of our calling. Verse 2 describes that conduct as being filled with humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Verse 3 challenges believers to protect the unity of the Spirit. And then verses 4 through 6 describe the sources of unity, the things that we share in common, such as one body. There is one body. Now, that's a reference to his body, the church. There's one church. Now, it wouldn't take long for any of us to say, wait a minute, Pastor, how can there only be one church when I can name a whole bunch of them? Uh, There's Eastern Orthodox, Roman Catholic, Lutheran, Episcopal, Baptist, Presbyterian. That's only to name a few. With all of these denominations, how can there be one church? Well, theologians distinguish between the visible and invisible church. Visible churches are human organizations that are based around, to various degrees, Scripture. Some adhere very closely to Scripture. Others began there but have long since drifted away from their foundations on the Scripture. So uh, there are visible human organizations called church. However, there's only one invisible church that consists of the true believers from every tribe and tongue and people and nation from every century that have been saved by uh, Jesus and filled with with the Holy Spirit. So there's many human organizations called church, but there's only one true church. And then second, there is one spirit. And the word there is capitalized, spirit, indicating a reference to the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. It was the Holy Spirit who established the church on the day of Pentecost, as described in Acts chapter 2. Then thirdly, there's only one hope, which is the promise of eternal salvation, made possible through Christ Jesus our Savior and Lord, and sealed by the Holy Spirit, Fourth, there is only one Lord who is Christ Jesus, who is the head of his body, the church. And if we are members of that body, we should get our instructions from the head. And therefore, we should be acting together and not in confusion. Fifth, there is one faith, which has been documented for us throughout the scriptures in both the Old Testament and New. Sixth, there is one baptism, which either refers to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is one of the things that take place at the moment of conversion. Or it might refer to the baptism in water, which we in obedience do so we can proclaim Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And then seventh and last, there's one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. There's one Father. And we who are believers are brothers and sisters because we belong to that one family, the family of God, our Father. Now, as Jesus saw it and prayed for it, it was to be this unity that convinced the world of the truth of Christianity and the truth of who he was. But it's much more natural for people to be divided than united. It's much more natural for people and relationships to fall apart than to come together. And real unity between Christians would be a supernatural fact that would require a supernatural explanation. So it's our duty as individual believers 
to press for that unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ, which is our response to this prayer of Jesus. Unity of the church, as it's described in the scriptures, is called by a Greek word, koinonia, which means having something in common. The Greek language of that day was called Koine Greek. It was the form of the Greek language that was common or held in common at that time. Two people who were involved in business together were called koinonoi. It was either related to the business or partners in business or they were in a business transaction. And so the term koinonia was used of believers in fellowship because we share a common Christian experience related to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we, we need to be involved in community. And this doesn't happen so much when we're together in the sanctuary because most of the time that we're together in the sanctuary, we're looking at the back of somebody else's head. And uh, there's not an awful lot of time for, you know, shared life and faith. But it does happen when a small group meets together at a coffee shop or in a home and they share life and faith. And and uh, if you don't have a small group of believers that you meet with, I, I want to recommend to you, you need to make a, that a priority, to find that group of believers that you can get with who are going to challenge you and encourage you in your walk of faith. Now, before we move to the next verse, I want to underscore something to you, Some point out something that's really important. It's found in verse 23, and it reads, So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Now, we, is, we have a tendency to ignore the stuff that's after the end. And I don't want us to miss what's after the end. So for just a moment, I'm going to take out the words, sent me and. I'm going to put an ellipsis there, and I'm going to read it for you again. So that the world may know that you loved them even as you loved me. James Montgomery Boyce wrote, It means that God's love for us is in the same measure and is exercised in the same way as His love for Christ. Now, there have been attempts to avoid this meaning, no doubt, because it is so tremendous. Some have treated the sentence casually as though it were saying, You have loved them because you love me. And others have seen it in terms of the mystical union of believers with Christ as though they are loved as Christ only because we are actually in Christ. Now, these statements are true, but they miss the full force of the sentence because they do not take the key word at full value. That word is kathos, which means just as or to the same degree that. Thus, we are told that God loves those who are Christ to the same degree and in the same way that He loves Christ. God loves believers just as God loves Christ. Now, that's extraordinary. It would be presumptuous of us to say such a thing. But it isn't us. It's Jesus who's saying it. Now, probably one of the reasons we, we can't quite get this and we dismiss it is because we've never actually experienced real love. That is, God-type love. Well, we, the type of love we have is imperfect. Uh, we love one person more than another. We love our family more than, you know, friends. We love people in, some of our people in our family more than other people in our family. And we've got this system where we have this concept of love. We love some more or less. But God, we are told, has no favorites. And thus, 
He loves us with the same love that He loves His own Son. And He loves His Son eternally and infinitely. And God doesn't love one of His children more than He loves the others. Well, we'll pick it up right there with Pastor Leighton Sheely tomorrow when we come back at this same time and share the Wednesday edition of Study Verse by Verse. He's going through the book of John. If you'd like to review any of the past broadcasts, you can find them on our website at highlands.us. Plus a lot of other information about the church. For instance, there's a special event coming up this weekend on Saturday, that's November 20th, starting at 8 a.m. and running through the lunch hour. Are you familiar with the ministry called Wall Builders? Well, there will be a guest speaker from that ministry at Church of the Highlands this Saturday, presenting America's Forgotten History and Heroes with an emphasis on our religious, moral, and constitutional heritage. More details are on the website at highlands.us, and you do need to let the church know that you're coming. You can register online again at highlands.us. That's this Saturday, November 20th, at the church, 1900 Monterey Drive in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for being with us today. Have a blessed rest of your day and come back tomorrow when we'll open the Word of God once again to the book of John and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.